Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. I really enjoyed my live show that I did Friday, 7 p.m. Central. If anyone out there would like to invite me to their show, all you have to do is simply call me or leave a message. Now, I'm going to say right now, if you invite me to your show, I have to know who I'm going to be talking to. I have to know what the show is about. And I have to know how many people you imagine are going to be against me at once. I notice a lot of atheists don't like to tell me that they're an atheist podcast when they invite me. And they usually have five people waiting for me whenever I show up. It's not very nice, and it also makes it extremely difficult to answer questions when five people are asking numerous questions all at the same time in what I call the shotgun effect. Well, besides all that, if anyone's interested, let me know, and I'll take a look at your YouTube channel, and if I find that you're an honest, decent person who actually wants to have a conversation that we both can learn from, I'll be open to hopping in and uh, seeing what you guys are up to. I've been receiving hundreds of calls. I apologize, but it takes me a while to get through to some people because of the constant calls and people contacting me in emails. So today, we're going to talk about something that I've always found a mystery in the Bible as well as whenever it comes to the attitude and personality of God. It's something that most of my Christian friends, my Christian brothers and sisters, had this uh, inescapable idea that God never changes, that he's unchangeable. And they have showed me a lot of verses that actually say that God does not change, that he's not a man, that he will change and all this. And unfortunately, because of this, it has brought me to the idea, does God himself even have free will? Does he even have the ability to choose? Can he decide that he doesn't want to do something whenever he already had it set up in his head that he was going to do it. And believe it or not, there's actually a lot of passages like that. And some atheists might actually see it as a contradiction. I don't. I just see that there's more complexity to God than what some people on the religious side as well as non-believer perceive whenever it comes to it. I'll give you an example. Yes, he does, in the sense that he changes his attitude when people change their behavior. For example, when God sent the judgment message to the people of ancient Israel, he said, perhaps they will listen and each one will turn back from his evil way, and I will change my mind concerning the calamity. Calamity can be known as chaos, destruction, or even forms of evil in the Bible that I intend to bring on them because of their evil deeds, Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 3. Now, this is unusual right off the bat. God is saying, I hope that they listen. I hope that they, you know, heed my words. 
I hope that I don't have to destroy them or bring wrath or pain or, you know, abominations upon these people. But that also begs the question, doesn't it? Doesn't God know everything? Doesn't he know if they're going to change their way? Didn't he know before they were even born that they were going to continue to do what they were doing? It's an unusual verse, isn't it? He's God is actually hoping, hoping that they'll change. That's strange. And he even says, perhaps they will listen and each one will turn back from his evil way. And then I'll change my mind concerning the calamity. So God's basically saying if these people do the right thing, then God will reserve judgment and wrath and destruction on them. That almost feels as though God is leaving it open for people to be able to make the right move or the right choices in life. And in doing so, God will heed bringing destruction and death upon them. So that's odd. How does that play into God is unchanging? God is not a man that he would change his mind. Well, the information goes on to say this. Many Bible translations render this verse as saying that God would repent over the intended calamity, which could be understood to mean that he made a mistake. However, the original Hebrew word can mean change of mind or intention. One scholar wrote, a change in man's conduct brings about a change in God's judgment. Of course, just because God can change his mind does not mean that he must change it. Consider some situations where the Bible says that God has not changed his mind. God did not allow Balak to make him change his mind and curse the nation of Israel, Numbers 23, 18-20. Once King Saul of Israel became firmly set in badness, God did not change his mind about rejecting him as king, 1 Samuel 15, 28-29. God will fulfill his promise to make his son a priest forever. God will not change his mind, Psalms 1, 1 uh, 110.4. Hmm. Doesn't the Bible say that God never changes? Yes. The Bible record God says as saying, I am Jehovah, I do not change. Malachi 3.6. Similarly, the Bible says that God does not vary or change like the shifting shadows. James 1.17. This, however, does not contradict what the Bible says about God changing his mind. God is unchangeable in that his personality and standards of love and justice never alter. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4 and 1 John 4 8, still he can give different instructions to people at different times. For instance, God gave opposite instructions to King David for fighting two consecutive battles, yet both methods succeeded, 2 Samuel 5 18, 25. Is God sorry that he created humans? No, although he does regret that most people ignore or reject him. Describing conditions before the global flood or Noah's day, the Bible says Jehovah regretted that he had even made men on the earth and his heart was saddened. Genesis 6.6 6. 
In this verse, the word regretted comes from the Hebrew word that can mean change of mind. God changed his mind about most of the people who lived before the flood because they had become wicked. Genesis 6, 5, 11, even though he was saddened that they chose to follow a bad course, he did not change his attitude towards the entire human race. In fact, he preserved mankind through the flood by means of Noah and his family. Genesis 8, 21, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and 9. So, it is interesting, and I would like to know what you all think out there about this. Does God change his mind? Does God know before an event is to take place if mankind is going to change their view? Is God really reserving his judgment and wrath when he already knows what is going to happen? We hear a lot of Christians even nowadays in the modern time who state that sooner or later God's going to come back to the earth and he's going to bring his wrath and punishment. Others will say God endures and he's patient and filled with love, giving us the opportunity and choices to be able to do things. But it's kind of hard to argue that we're given opportunities and choices if God already knows the choices that we're going to make or the opportunities that we'll take. Basically, he knows if we're going to do good or do bad. So is there is there a loophole? and how God does this? There is one thing that a lot of religious people don't know, even though the words tell them in the Bible that God is this way and behaves a certain way. The Bible isn't very clear on how God uses his attributes. Like, we don't know if God knows everything simply because he just knows all things like he is sentient and aware and everything just flashes in front of him like a like a movie or a television show. Or, according to the book of the Apocrypha, he actually has angels who do jobs for him. Some of them are his messengers. Some of them actually are his voice. They speak for him and they talk for him. They say, according to old religious beliefs that if you were to actually interact with God as he is and hear his real voice that you would explode into billions of pieces that your soul would literally be shredded if you stood before the actual illuminating light of God so that's the reason why the book of the apocrypha explains that God requires representatives and he sends angels to speak he has an angel of death, an angel who basically brings death to some people. He has angels of life, angels of light. And these angels that do all kinds of different things, it's like his own army. And of course, there's a devil who fell with a third of God's angels who all had their own different roles. It depends on if you want to read demonology or the stories of what the different roles of these angels have. So basically, the point of all what I'm saying is that God uses a lot of the creations that he made before humanity to do a lot of his jobs for him. Um, you can see in the story of the Tower of Babylon, the reason why he knows what's happening with the construction of this building, this tower, 
is because angels are actually coming to God and telling God what's up. So he depends on these angels to actually inform him of what is happening below. And then it says that God will actually leave his first place in heaven to go view or observe what is happening. But that also causes another problem for religious folks, doesn't it? Because if God is omnipresent, then why is it suggested that God is on his way somewhere, or that God is looking at something, or that God is coming? Like, you'll hear Christians all the time say, Jesus Christ is coming. He will return. Well, if Jesus Christ is God and he's omnipresent, then we shouldn't be saying that he's returning or coming back. We should be saying that he's always been here and always was and is observing all things. I suppose it depends on how the religious person or the spiritual person perceives how God does things. And I do have a feeling that many of the people who describe God's attributes in the Bible they did, unfortunately, like a lot of people in modern day, they anthropomorphized God. They tried to explain supernatural things and the attributes of a God that they did not fully understand. And they may have assumed that God did this or did this or did this and these certain type of events or responded this way. They might have thought that because of some kind of natural nature condition and existence that God might have been angry or if something good happened, like he had a good crop that year or whatever, that God was happy with them. There's a, a lot of different ways to be able to perceive it, I suppose. But as many of you know, I've only been doing the Christian theist thing for a few years now, and I'm always willing to learn. I'm always open-minded, and I'd like to hear other people's different ideas out here. To me, it's, uh, it's one of the more interesting concepts whenever it comes to the attitude and personality of God, how he does things, and how his powers and attributes actually work. Well, you have a good one, folks, and I uh, hope to hear what your opinion is.